Where are all my perverts at? Hey, if you're just listening to me, then you're missing out because Not Too Deep is now a show you can watch with your eyeballs on full screen thanks to AT&T. Go sign up for full screen at fullscreen.com slash ATT to get a year's worth of streamable content at no extra cost if you're an eligible AT&T wireless customer. The first year is on them. So what are you waiting for, pervs? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep with me, your host, Grace Helbig. On this episode, we're celebrating women, all of them. Today, it's our day. And the amazingly talented Todrick comes and joins us, and we talk through some Wizard of Oz conspiracy theories. The scandal abounds. Welcome to Not Too Deep. Not, not too deep. Support for today's show comes from our good buddies at Squarespace. Whether you need a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell your products and services, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to make your next move into a reality. Not to mention, with Squarespace's beautifully designed templates and customizable features, creating a beautiful website is a simple and intuitive process. Simply add and arrange your content with the click of a mouse. So start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code GRACE, G-R-A-C-E, to get 10% off your your first purchase. Free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code GRACE to get 10% off your first purchase. Somehow got in a K-hole watching an old season of The Amazing Race. Uh, okay. To, it's from three seasons ago, and I don't know why. But I, We should discuss the contestants. We we had the wrong contestants, <laughs> by know, the way. Why does that keep happening? I'm I like, know. our research team's got to step it up a little bit because we've been getting a lot of shit wrong oh. and being called out for it. Oh, believe me, I know. <laughs> I talked a lot about we it. We talked forever about the wrong season of Big Brother I contestants. And not only that, but we're like, we both picked two contestants to win, and they were first and second kicked off. Really? Yeah. Well, we totally take fucked us that to up. Vegas. I mean, yeah, it's it's my bad. I take full responsibility because even though Lon wrote the bit, I should have fact checked it before we, we recorded jack it. I should have jack checked that shit, and I didn't. Oh. Because I've been so busy, um, which is no excuse. I should have done it. So I take full responsibility. It was my bad. I should know more about reality television to just know that that was the wrong season. Yeah. So we're both slacking. Yeah, well, in our defense, uh, it did end up becoming unintentionally hilarious for yeah, everyone I who was familiar. I saw a couple tweets and I was like, oh no. I know, me too. Well. I sent I sent to uh, Mel, our wonderful co-producer, uh, and she, <laughs> she just sent me back a facepalm emoji. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. But at least with the… F- like, people don't have to watch this season to find out if our predictions were—they knew immediately. They knew immediately, yeah. yeah. So it's instant gratification. It really is. And oh, it, look, we started. Yay! Yay! Speaking of um, people <laughs> that aren't slacking, women! Yes! Women! Great segue. Women rule! This episode's about them. I'm one of them. Yes. Yeah. So it's about you guys. Women are back. We are very trendy these days. <laughs> and it's very exciting to have a vagina. Uh, I, yeah. It's Women's Equality Day. That's right. Um, it was designated Women's Equality Day mm-hmm. on August 26th in 1971 by a joint resolution of Congress. Wow. So congrats. You guys have been equals in 71. Since 71. That's amazing. That's what? 40, 46 years. You know, math. I mean, we can do it, turns out. Turns out. Women can do some things. <laughs> we are gaining skill sets as the years go on, which is very, mm-hmm. very exciting. Well, this is very exciting. I'm so glad that women have been equal for 40-some-odd years now. I, I have such a push-pull relationship with the idea of us celebrating women on a day. Yeah. Because I, I think I'm like, it's very exciting. Because you think there should be a men's day? 
I mean, no. I think no. I don't know that there should be a day. I feel like yeah. having the day continues to separate yeah. the genders rather than and like gender fluidity and everything that's happening now. That's true. Everything's you know all over the place. That I think I don't know. It just feels a little old to have a day to be like sure. You know, it's like when you celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day, you're like, cool, I get to love you this one this one day when That's I should it. be loving you <laughs> endlessly every day. Yeah. And it's like women are great all the time, turns out. Yeah. Not just today. Not just today, you guys. And gals. And gals. I know. I only learned that as an adult because I use the word guys colloquially when I'm addressing a group of people. And Did then I? I realized, oh, yeah, maybe that's not the correct way to be talking. I still do it despite knowing that just because I think it's it's – goes beyond gender now. Yeah, I feel like guys is just a group of people. Yeah, a group of people. It's like saying gang for me. Yeah, which also, you shouldn't say gang. Gangs are bad. Oh, geez. <laughs> you can't say anything. Can't Why say do anything we, these days. Good thing we have this podcast that's just <laughs> about us talking and getting, like, putting feet in our mouths constantly. Yay, Women's Equality Day. Yay. So what have you been up to, Grace? We should catch up. Let's catch up. Yes, let's. Oh, man. I actually have a funny story for you. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. So I lost my full wallet. Not long ago. I I talked about it on the podcast. I heard about that, it yes. Was, you know, it was like right before you were going on an airplane, too, yeah, right? Yeah, it was post-medieval times revelry. Uh-huh. And I left it at a restaurant, Rock and Brews, across the street. Someone at Rock and Brews fucking has my wallet. I know it. I swear. One of those bartenders <laughs> took it and didn't give it back. Uh, regardless, I've gotten all of my pieces back. I got my passport back because I had to travel. And yesterday, I got my license. Fine. Mm-hmm. I got my temporary license. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, my business managers were like, we know we have in Santa Monica, there's like a quote VIP thing at the DMV there. Cause to make an appointment to get a replaced driver's license, the earliest appointment I could get is like two weeks from today. Oof. Yeah. So it's crazy. And I need to drive. And, um, so I was like, okay, I'll do this quote VIP thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about it. They basically like, we know a guy. And I was like, okay. And so yesterday I got, I went to the Santa Monica DMV and they were like, the only instructions were to call this guy Anthony. Already. This doesn't sound shady at all. No other instructions. Just call Anthony when you get to the parking lot. (laughs) When you get to the parking lot? I was running like 10 (laughs) minutes late because that's my brand. And I texted him Mm -hmm. and I said, hey, Anthony, my name's Grace. I have an 11 a.m. appointment. I'm running 10 minutes late. He goes, cool. Just stay in your car when you get here. I'll come find you. And I was like, oh, what? And and so I called him and I actually walked out to the front because there was a huge line. And because I had an appointment, I was like, I think I can go in. And then he calls me and he meets me out front. He just got a suitcase. He's got like a beanie baby in the suitcase too, which is like weird. That's the only thing I noticed is that very nice man. Uh-huh. Just so you guys know, this man's very, very nice. Um, but I was like, it's got some kind of beanie baby keychain. It's like so throwing me off right now. And he goes, hey, Grace, I mean, I think nice to meet you. Follow me. And I was like, well, what's going on? So I follow him past mm-hmm. the line at the DMV. We walk straight in. We just go over to a counter. Out of his briefcase, he pulls out all the forms. He has a check written out already. He just starts filling out all the forms, asking me my like personal information to fill out. And then I was like talking to him a little bit, like making small talk. Learned that he was over in Afghanistan. And now he does this, whatever this service is. The VIP service at the DMV. But he just walks over and then he goes, just sit down over there. And I was like, okay. And I just sit down next to a guy and I'm trying to look so nondescript being like, what is going on? And I texted Diane being like, this VIP service is shady as fuck. I don't know what's <laughs> going on right now. And I also like, don't know how much I'm paying this person. And so he like comes over every now and then. He's like, we're going to be on that booth with that guy when he's done with 
whoever he's talking to. I was like, okay. And so finally, like, I don't know, 15 minutes later, the guy opens up and like we just walk over and he's like, Anthony. I was like, oh, what is this right now? Uh, and Anthony gives him all the paperwork. And the guy was like, that's one of your boys that was just here because I guess he was a vet. He's like, he was asking me too many questions about every single thing on the form. I hate when that happens. I was like, I have no questions. <laughs> don't worry. And so Anthony gives him all that paperwork. And then the guy goes, I can't issue this. And he's like, why? He's like, her license was about to expire in two months anyway. So by the time I get my new license, I'll have to come back and, and get, get a new one. one anyway. And he goes, okay, can you, uh, can you renew it then instead of replace it? Uh, but does she need to take the test? And I, I was like, just watching this banter. And like, uh-huh. by the way, the guy that worked at the DMV was wearing the American flag shirt that we wore on Not Too Deep for 4th of July. Wait, not the tank top. No, not the tank top. He was wearing uh, the one I own. The one that you own. Okay. Yeah, but unironically, just <laughs> as a DMV employee. And I was just staring at being like, I have that shirt back in my house right now. All of it was so much. And so the guy goes, basically, whatever service this is, he can get anything for me unless I had to take the test. Then I'd have to like go through whatever the normal system is. Whoa. And the guy goes, no, I can do it without the test. And so he like types stuff in. Anthony writes a new check. He just has all these checks. He just writes a new check for a different monetary amount because wow. it's a different thing. He hands it to him. And this guy goes, how much? You make it 55 on this? To Anthony. Anthony goes, 5,500? I could. And I'm like, how much am I actually paying you for <laughs> this service right now? And then the guy goes, she needs a picture. And they're like, I'll walk her over, get her picture. He walks me over. I'm like still like looking down. I made direct eye contact with a guy that was in line that was definitely like woke on the situation that was going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, what's happening? He walks me over. The guy that's taking a photo just goes, Anthony, you're here all the time. You must love this place. Wow. And I was like, what is going on? I take my, I have no idea what my photo looks like. I guarantee I'm going to look like I'm so like kidnapped in that moment. <laughs> I just smiled and I was like, good, you're all set. He goes, nice to meet you, Grace. And they just peels off and walks away. And I was like, what Whoa. just happened here? But now I have a temporary license. In two weeks, I get my real one. Wow. Yeah. I will bring Did my- Did it cost $6,000? I have no idea. <laughs> my business manager set this up. So now I have to tell, like email them and be like, um, just curious. <laughs> What's Anthony's fee? I was texting yeah, Diane because really? Diane organized it. And I was texting her being like, do I pay him? How is this happening? Right. She's like, they didn't, the managers didn't say anything about payment. Because I was like, is there a tipping situation involved here? Mm. What is this thing that's happening? It was so bizarre. And I was like hungover. In, and I was just like, this is the weirdest thing. But I have a temporary license now. I'll bring back next time we record my photo when I get my real license. I can't wait to see it now. I'm smiling, but you know that there's fear behind my eyes. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's really amazing. Fun. Yeah, it was fresh. That was fresh. Um, but let's learn more about each other in this segment that we've developed here yes. that starts our shows usually. This is the segment we like to do where um, we make fun of each other's social media postings. We don't make fun. We <laughs> investigate. I know. I know. I know. This is what were you thinking this post? Jack and I pick a post that one of us says, yeah, there we go. Oh, Coming boy. in hot. Here we go. <laughs> Coming in hot with a Jack Ferry <laughs> tweet right now. Oh, boy. Um, okay. So Jack and I pick posts that one of us have social media, and we just kind of (laughs) ask the other to explain what was going on. This is a tweet. Yes. Is it all connected? Yeah, so uh, I tweeted a photo with a uh, a YouTube 
Yeah, video. enjoy your long weekend and it's sunglasses emoji. Yeah. And then you put a YouTube link to Rupert Holmes' Escape, the Pina Colada song. Right. And that's then, the one that's, if you like Pina oh, Colada. I know it. And then, um, if you like making love at midnight. I thought it said, if you like making love in the rain. That's a different song? In the dunes of the Cape. Oh. That's so. That <laughs> sand's gonna get in your butthole. Be careful. Don't do that. Yeah, home, don't kids. do that, guys. But then there's this photo of you that mm-hmm. looks like you're going to murder whoever's taking this photo of uh-huh. you. Also, I have that shirt. Do you really? Yeah. Did you buy it in Palm Springs? No. Oh, I bought one really similar in Palm Springs. No, I got it from uh, Clean Aesthetic in Playa del Rey. It's a very, very festive um, tropical. Shirt buttoned down with some uh, flamingos on it. Yeah, it's my Hawaiian shirt. Um, I but uh, let's see what's going on here. Yeah, what is going on? Uh, all right, so I was at a pool mm-hmm. in Palm Springs, mm-hmm. and I posted this on my Instagram. Was this um Fourth of July? Yeah, Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, you look so festive. Thank you. And um, I don't know. I was just I was in a good mood because I I think I just finished my um third mojito at this point and so um, this stance is killing me though mm-hmm. what are you doing um nothing just standing in front of the pool <laughs> not doing anything uh just standing in front of the pool <clears throat> um just living your best just life living my best life man yeah about i would say about one minute later i was in the pool because it was like a hundred thousand degrees yeah um, was hot. it was very hot which... the thing i like the most about this whole post <laughs> uh-huh. is that one thousand people disliked the pina colada song <laughs> yeah. and clicked on it. Like, why? Why? Yeah, I don't know. It's impossible to dislike that song, but also why, like, enough— why would you click on it to begin with and then be like, no, no, and yeah. then downvote it? I don't understand it either, but over 12 million people have um, viewed it, even though there's no video. To, and you se. gave it that promo. I did, because I really do like that song, and it was running through that's my great. head, and that's why I posted it. Um, I in like retrospect, I, I would probably smile in the photo. But that's a, that was the other curious part. Yeah. I was like, you, you posted this, which makes me think that you're happy. But I, it I was like very happy. I was just very relaxed. Oh, okay. This is relaxed. Then. Yeah, this is just I was like, this my looks relaxed. like you hate that you're at the pool, and you hate the person that brought you to the pool, oh. and you hate that they're taking a photo of you hating them. Oh. oh no, that maybe was it's not just my, relaxed. That was not my— Yeah, that was not my what I was actually feeling. I was just feeling— I think you can't. You <laughs> I was can't, just feeling. Ah. Yeah, you can't tell because uh, I'm wearing sunglasses. So oh, that's, yeah, that's why true. it looks. That's why I look. You look just like the emoji. I do. That's kind of why I posted it. So if you guys want to see this post, don't worry. It's on his Twitter. We at Jack Ferry nine nine. We'll also put a link in the show notes so you can take a look. Perfect. It's worth your while. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but I've got a question for you. What Uh-oh. was going on in this post? Yeah. Oh, it is a looping uh, boomerang. Yes. Of um, I believe. Uh, Grace and Mamrie. Yes. And the caption uh, is, at Grace Helbig and at Mametown, finally claiming ownership of their new home. Actually, there is no of. I added that. Yeah. At Grace Helbig and at Mametown, finally claiming ownership their new home. Yeah, there's a typo in that. <laughs> yes. Um, this is Mamrie and I. We got Mamrie and I, as you know, because you came in and hung out. I did. Um, we just got a house together in Palm Springs that's um, we're going to start renting out, which feels very adult and exciting. But our goal was to have a 4th of July weekend there and like have it ready so that our friends could come down. And we did. And this is from that weekend. And we are jumping off the roof of our home into the pool, which was great because uh, our friend Brooks was down there and he jumped off the roof immediately. But Mamrie <laughs> told him no, not to do it. And then woke up early in the morning and I filmed him doing it before Mamrie woke up so that she wouldn't say no. And then we finally got to a point in the day when we'd all gotten a little loose and Mamrie was going to— Mamie agreed that she would jump off the roof. So this felt like, you know, 
uh, Brooks has this is this running joke about like when mom gets her hair wet at the pool, you know it's going to be a crazy day because moms <laughs> never get their hair wet. Sure. This felt like mom was getting her hair wet. Oh, more than that. Um, the reason I picked this yeah. is because I wanted to state for the record that I was not there for this because no. I do not approve. Oh. This this could have this you could have been horribly injured. Well, we made sure it was at a time in the day where we were feeling loose, but not too loose. <laughs> And we were surrounded by very wonderful, capable people that could take us to a medical center if needed. <laughs> What's so funny is Hannah's Hannah's comment on this yeah. is all caps, the suspense. Because the boomerang just loops while you guys are in midair. Yeah. Like le- leaping off of this, the roof and then back onto the roof and then off the roof and then back yeah. onto the roof. It's you never stressful. actually see the splash. No, it's a little stressful <laughs> to watch. I don't like looking at it myself. <laughs> But I posted it. I can just think of all of the terrible things that could go wrong here. I, but it went right. This is a, well. Also, that's good. I'm glad. It like went right. all of my parents texted me after I posted this and was like, "Don't do that." Yeah. I'm like this is dangerous. I'm and pretty I'm like, sure I guys. posted too on this. I think I wrote, "Guys, guys, <laughs> look, we did it once. I did it a few more times after this, but Grace, now it's out of my system. Come on. Until the next time I go please, to the house, please. It's I, fun. I, you I beg you, don't break your legs. I was trying. I mean, I, here's the deal. I could break my legs by walking. That's me <laughs> as a human being. So yeah, that's a I good can't point. not walk anywhere. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, but speaking of capable women, Women's Equality Day. Yay. <laughs> Yay. It's the most exciting thing in the world. Um, but we wanted to kind of take a second, because it's Women's Equality Day, sure. to talk about like some women crush every day. So we okay. Women crush Wednesday. We do. But we want to talk about some of the people, the women that we love. Mm-hmm. In the world, alive or dead. Okay. Um, my first one that comes to mind for me is Elizabeth Warren. I've talked about oh, her on the podcast. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love her so much. Yeah, she's amazing. She's a Massachusetts senator. And she is… I was picking out… I was actually screen grabbing tweets from her this morning because mm-hmm. I was so excited about talking about her. And because she's just… Super capable, super smart, and she's got a fire lit under her ass. Like yeah. she is also uses social media so well. I agree. And it's just so savvy and like sassy. She's just like she has a very she's a great brand builder, in my opinion. <laughs> um she what is this this killed me this tweet the other day that she said uh on June twenty-seventh. But let's be clear. The Republicans' so-called, quote, healthcare bill comes back to life more often than the lead zombie in a horror movie. She's got wit. She does. And she's I not like afraid it. to use it. I, I like it. it. So she's my. She's what comes to mind for me immediately when I think of women that I really are inspired by. That's amazing. Uh, well, my uh, women crush every day, right now certainly, um, not to get all promo, Uh-oh. but uh, is Mamrie Hart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I was drinking. I mean, that's not a normal noise that I make. Um, Mamrie just directed a few episodes of Mr. Student Body President, your she series. Did um, and sh- and I got to be directed by her. I know, which was a new dynamic in our friendship. But it was, she's awesome. She's she, amazing, and that was one of her first directing things. And I know. she handled it like a pro. She, uh, I, I knew she would do a great job because obviously she's been directing for a while, but she's mostly been directing for the stage. Yeah, she's been directing stage, and yeah. she's only done one other like short narrative, right? Um, for digital. Right. But she's been like kind of shadowing people like on Dirty 30 and Camp Dakota and that sort of thing. So this was her like now baby bird out of the nest. Go for it. And so because of that, I knew she would do a great job. Yeah. Even though she doesn't have as much experience as maybe some of the other directors that are working on the show. Um, But she, but I still had high expectations and she blew through them. She super exceeded them. She's so talented. She's so funny. She's so good with working with actors. Yeah. Well, that's the great thing that she and I were talking about this last night because she 
to be very honest with all of you listeners and watchers, um, I met up with Mamrie after she was done uh, directing on set, and she was so amped by how well the day went that we started off getting a couple drinks and ended up closing down the bar <laughs> at 2 a.m. So uh, we're all a little rough around the edges today. Yeah. Uh, but she was saying that because she is an actress, she is able— and I was watching her when she was directing Arden, and the time crunch is insane of like— you guys are shooting so much in such little time that you don't have opportunities to, like, think through everything as much as you might want to or, like, do as many takes. Yeah. But she was really taking the time to, like, walk in, even though it was time crunch, to be like, are you okay with that take? Do you want one more for you? Like, how did you feel about it to the actors? And I was like, that is very generous and very, very cool Yeah. to be able to come from that kind of brain, too, and understand, like— She's been in that position where she's like, can I get one more? I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I can do better. That also makes the actors feel like, oh, this person's looking out for me. Yeah. They're not going to make me look bad, which I think um, it's not something that they ever teach you. Right. That's something that uh, she just did that very naturally. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, you're just going to get the best possible work out of people when people know that you're looking out for them. So, Oh, for sure. She was just such a natural, and she really just blew me away. And this has been a really amazing experience working on this show because last season— You guys are—by the way, they're shooting three seasons in two months. We're doing Less three, than two months. Well, three, three, three seasons worth of episodes, yeah. It's all Which, technically one big season, but— But that's an insane amount. An if insane you don't amount. know, that's yeah. an insane, like— super overly ambitious amount of content to make in this short period of time. And we're editing while we're going because we just locked the first two episodes and we're only like four weeks into shooting. And so we, um, yeah, we, so while we're, because last year it was just Ryan and I just directed every episode. Yeah. Just because it was much more like contained and we're only doing 10 episodes and we had more time to, to, to edit at the end. This year we were like, this is 30 episodes. There's too many. We need to bring in other people. Yeah. And we knew early on that we wanted to, um, because we're, because we're talking about Women's Equality Day, yeah. we knew early on that we didn't want to just be a bunch of dudes. Yeah. A bunch of dude directors. So um, I made it. A, we made it a point to really be like, we got to find some people um, from all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So we've got, you know, Mamrie, obviously, who who comes from the world of digital, but also the and world comedy. of like, improv comedy. Yeah. And um, Natalie Morales, who is an actress, like a traditional yeah. act- actress, but who's also a very incredibly talented uh, director. And we've got uh, Sammy Cohen who's coming in. We've got some really amazing female directors That's to work awesome. on this show. And it's been so eye-opening for me and Ryan because every time a new director comes in every week, it's like we get to to see the show from like a brand new perspective. Yeah, it's refreshing. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it um, they're doing stuff. They're making choices that we wouldn't make, and it's just like, right. oh, that's eye opening. That's that's a really interesting interpretation of things. So it's been really, really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, we memory. I mean, speaking of memory and this whole women's equality, everything, uh, we get asked constantly on panels about like being females in the industry yeah. a lot. And we were just uh, her, Hannah, and I were at South by Southwest this past year, and we did um, a panel in promotion with Lionsgate about Dirty Thirty and like just mm-hmm. women in. Um, the digital and entertainment space. And this girl, this really, really sweet girl, we did like a Q&A session and she raised her hand and she works in some sort of like lab, some science field. Uh, mm-hmm. And she was saying, or may, it might've been like computer science. I'm not totally sure. But she was saying it's a very, very male dominated area. And there's maybe two females other than her in her like sect or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of sexism that happens. There's just mm-hmm. a lot of like pressure and uh, it, not even like 
overtly, just kind of like, you know, subvertly mm-hmm. um, because it's so male heavy. And she was asking like how she should deal with that because it can get really stressful. I'm sure. And it can obviously distract you from your work. And Mamrie said the most amazing thing, and I'm going to not quote it correctly, but there's a gif of it on the internet if you guys want to feel inspired and empowered. Uh, Mamrie was saying, girl, you put your head down and you work so hard that one day you get to fire one of those boys. And I was like, that is so great. And like, it was a mic drop moment. Like, we're like, we're done here. That's like the takeaway. And all these girls were just like, mouth agape, like, oh my God. Yeah. And it was so cool that I was like, yeah. And that's what made me really empower is like embodies that kind of mentality of like, just work hard. Don't think, I feel like a lot of women get stuck in the idea. And we've been asked this question so much since comedy is, primarily a male or has been uh, a very male dominated field and like what is it like being a female comedian sure. and I always feel like that's a little limiting I just think yeah. it's better to think of yourself as a comedian rather than I'm a female in comedy and I'm doing it sure because your genders I mean kind of you know you don't want that to be the defining characteristic yeah. of you and your work. Yeah, I, mean, I completely get that. Because your point of view on the world and in, in comedy and whatever entertainment you're making comes from your history and experiences mm-hmm. and the way you've interacted with the world and that might skew feminine because you're a woman but mm-hmm. to define yourself as that first always feels to me like that might be a little limiting it's empowering but maybe a little boxing in yeah i think that's a really good point because i mean you could just as easily turn around and say i don't think of myself as a female comedian i think of myself as a comedian from new jersey yeah. i want that to be my defining characteristic and honestly when i was doing comedy in new york city uh at the people's improv theater and people started to be to have the discussions about females in comedy and females in the YouTube space and that sort of thing. I was always like, oh, I'm a unicorn. I'm lucky. If I was a straight white man, I would be so upset mm. because they're a dime a dozen. Yeah. And it's impossible to stand out. Yeah, it's good. It's point. impossible to seem interesting that way because there's just so many. And so I was always like, this is an advantage. This is not a disadvantage at all in what I want to do. Sure. Um, which is very fun. Yeah, but I do understand that idea though. There's like, you know, when you're in a in an industry that's that is sort of dominated by 90% of any one particular thing. Yeah. Um, it's very easily to be sort of um distinguished as the other. And I, I don't I've obviously haven't experienced that. I am a white, yeah, straight yes. American man. Story checks out. So I mean, for for me, it's I I I try to be as sensitive as I can, but yeah. I don't pretend to fully understand it because I just haven't been in that situation. Yeah. Have you had any really like remarkable female bosses? Um, many. I mean, yeah. I, I but think I was a freelancer, so I right. kind of go in and out of of jobs yeah. um, frequently, and often some of the best producers that I've ever worked for or with. I mean, the producer of this season of the show is female. Yeah. Her name is Christine Brown. Um, the the first assistant director who worked with Mamrie was was female. That's cool. So, um, yeah, for me, it's, I mean, we we try, like I said, we, we wanted to make sure that the, the the directing staff wasn't all dudes. And obviously we wanted to make yeah. sure that like the cast was as diverse as possible and stuff like that. Just because I think that we benefit from bringing in as many different Just voices. broadening perspective. Yeah. Um, my very first boss when I graduated college and the only like office job I ever had uh, post-grad uh, I worked at uh, a station called The N uh, that got absorbed into Teen Nick. They had Degrassi. Okay. And I had interned like three or four times for them mm-hmm. in different areas when I was in undergrad. So I think they like kind of created this fake job for me just like as a like thank you for interning mm-hmm. so long. So I worked in project management. 
Uh, and I worked for this woman whose name I'm blanking on now. I think her name is Jennifer. She was incredible. It was unreal to me how she operated every day. We shared an office. It was her, her assistant, and me all in one office. And she was so empowering. She was so had such shit together all the time. And she'd be like on a conference call. She was she was like the uh, president of her sorority at Rutgers when she was there. Mm-hmm. So she was like planning this like sorority like a uh, post event or something. What is it called when the sorority or fraternity members graduate? They're called something. When they're- oh, I have no idea. Alumni. Yeah. She was planning oh. like the sorority alumni thing while project managing like four different like major things and like getting ready for her planning her own wedding. She was doing all these things wow. at once. I worked there for like three months and then I realized like I'm not good at project management. <laughs> like she's good at this. Right, right, I right. can't manage my own life, let alone <laughs> something else. Uh, and then I went to wait tables. But I always remember her as being like, this woman's amazing. I have no idea what she's doing now, but I hope she's doing well because she was so incredible. Wow. Yeah. I was like 21. One, I think, watching, just watch, like listening to her on conference calls and like bopping all around. And then she, she was so sweet. She, she was like, we were basically one little department, the three of us. Mm. And so as like a work day, she thought that we were working so hard and so well on things. She took us to see a taping of the Rachel Ray show, me and this other girl. And it was so sweet. And like, we didn't tell anyone in the office that we went. She like snuck us into this taping. Uh. And it was just so fun. I just remember being like, this is a great boss. She's very cool. I can't wait to quit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was very sweet. I mean, this is the part of the episode where we get too deep, but I feel like we've been doing that this entire episode. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, this is way too deep. This is what we have uh, built into the episodes of Not Too Deep because usually they're very silly and lighthearted. Yes. It just has been. And this is our opportunity for each of us for a minute to talk very seriously about something that's in our brains. Well, I do actually have something that I want to talk about. All right, then it's time to get too deep. Yeah, so… On your mark, Jack. I'm ready. Get set, too deep. Okay, so it's Women Equality Day. Mm -hmm. um, But I actually want to take this moment to address the dudes. Specifically, I'd like to say this. There seems to be a lot of hand-wringing going on right now about, um, you know people being upset and uptight about like uh, PC culture and, oh, I can't say this anymore. And, oh my God, I can't uh, be super, you know, rude to women anymore. And I can't like be a dude around girls. And to you guys, I say, chill the fuck out. If you just be cool and you just realize that we are actually all equal, I have news for you. Girls are going to like you more, actually. And if you try to just relax a little bit and uh, accept that and actually treat people like equals, I guarantee you they're going to be much more attractive. Judy, time's up. All right, cool. Wow. Okay, cool. My I turn. felt like that was an important thing to, yeah, to talk my about, turn. though. All right, you ready? Yep. All right, here we go and go. It's Women's Equality Day. We've been talking about it. for the last 28 minutes or so. (laughs) And when I think about that, I have obviously a lot of thoughts as you've already heard. I want to give a huge shout out to moms out there. I caught myself the other night in a conversation with a friend of mine who is a male. He's got two brothers and he was complaining about his mom. He was complaining about how overbearing she was and how uh, just kind of naggy she was. And I 
kind of snapped in that moment. And I told him, be nice to your mother. She's the only woman in an all-man household. She has no one to relate to. She has no one to connect to. And that should feel so isolating. And you're so blinded by your own, like, masculinity and your own, like, nagging. You think she's nagging. She's loving. And that's how she shows love. And it just, I, I caught myself off guard by having these feelings. And I started to think about what moms actually do that— well, everything. The amount that they do for us without, like, waving it like a flag. And time. Cool. All well, right. Well, this has been a very exciting episode of Not Too Deep so far. <laughs> yes, it has. And it's about to get even more exciting because one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth is joining us. I know. He is by far one of the mo- most talented people I've ever known. I have already, like, ranted and raved about him in previous episodes of Not Too Deep. And now he's finally here. It's the one and only Todrick Hall. Woohoo! And you've never met Todrick. I haven't. I know. I'm very I know, excited. So, I just want everyone to meet him because I think <laughs> he's the best human in the land. I can't wait. It's so exciting. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we'll be with Todrick Hall on more Not Too Deep. Coming up next. Jack, this might come as a shock to you, hmm. but Squarespace is sponsoring this episode of Not Too Deep. Wow, what a twist. Yeah. I love these guys. These guys love us, which I don't want to question anymore. I just want to keep the momentum going. I agree. They, if you don't know, because we talk about Squarespace all the time because we love them, Squarespace is basically a system that can help you create an eye-catching online platform if you need a portfolio to showcase your work or if you want to build up a store to sell products or services or if you just want to make a blog for your ideas and your pictures, they'll give you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. And you can even get a unique domain, which as someone that has existed in the internet and social media world, will only strengthen your brand and it makes it easier for visitors to find you. And I can say for a fact that uh, Squarespace is both easy to use and kind of fun. Like I was able to create my own website for one of the other podcasts that I do using Squarespace. And I even used our own offer code to get 10% off. I'm for that. Uh, Would you say that Squarespace has award-winning templates? Yes. Would you say that creating a beautiful website is simple and intuitive process? Absolutely. Would you say that you can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse? With the click of a mouse. And there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever? Ever. And even though you haven't had to use it yet, Squarespace has an award-winning 24-7 customer support? It's like they're having your own personal IT department. I was going to ask if it was like having your own personal IT department. It's so funny you said that. Well, if all of that is part of it, I don't know what you guys are waiting for make your next move start your free trial at squarespace.com today and like jack has said he's used this offer code and it works if you enter code grace g-r-a-c-e you get 10 percent off your first purchase that's grace g-r-a-c-e at squarespace.com not, not too deep. hey grace yes Jack. are you feeling hungry uh, always, every day of my life, all day. Well, I've got some really good news for you then. What? Because today's episode is sponsored by our good buddies at Blue Apron. Oh, that's sweet. We like them. I will say they are the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Ooh. For less than 10 bucks a meal, they deliver a seasonal recipe along with pre-proportioned ingredients right to your door. And I will say that I can attest that these meals are delicious. And I know because I have used this service. Yeah, I just got my box delivered yesterday. Yeah, they're amazing. So for those of you guys who don't know, Blue Apron is a completely flexible service. So you can customize your recipes each week and choose the delivery option that fits your needs. Like you can kind of pick like which day you want, which Mm -hmm. meals you want, how many meals you want. And with their 
Blue Apron freshness guarantee. They promise that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. And one of the things that's really cool about the this uh, box delivery service for food is that I, I kind of enjoy cooking. Um, I don't particularly like the cleaning up afterwards, but that's fine because mm-hmm. I, I just had a delicious meal. But the thing that I hate the most is going to the store yeah. and trying to get all the ingredients. And this is just like all the ingredients are there and there's no waste because it's all like pre-proportioned. Like you only get the amount that you actually need, which is amazing. And a lot of the recipes for myself, I like cooking, but I stay within a like my own box of how things I've eaten before or I've, I've heard of before. And a lot of times I'm learning brand new ways to cook with brand new food that I didn't even realize were meals. Yeah. Like I don't, like there are meals that these guys are sending to us that I would never have the courage to try on my own because the, the step-by-step directions are so simple that they're actually like not intimidating at all. Like just listen to some of the meals that are coming up in August. Mm-hmm. Basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella. Great. Mm. Sauteed shrimp and green beans with globe tomatoes, spinach, and orzo pasta. Dang. Whole grain pasta and summer vegetables with heirloom tomato caprese salad. Yep. Miso butter salmon and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charm tomatoes. Ooh, charm tomatoes. I mean, come on. I would never try to make that, but that sounds delicious. Yeah, it does. Meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese and charm tomatoes. Wait, meatball pizza? Mm-hmm. Someone went into my dreams and pulled out my <laughs> yeah. genius pizza idea. These all sound so like delightfully complicated, but also like summery fresh. And impressive. If you want to cook for a date or for your family, whatever it might be, this is the way to do it. And I will say, guys, trust me, I have made these meals and they are actually pretty easy to follow. Like as long as you follow the directions, they turn out great pretty much every time. So you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. Yeah, that's right. Your first three meals free with free shipping. That's crazy. Free shipping too. Just by going to blueapron.com slash grace. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash grace. G-R-A-C-E. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Like, Tadric is one of the most stylish people I've ever met. And Every single time I see you, you're wearing something completely original and iconic. That I'm Except like, for today, because I literally went to Forever 21, and I was like, I don't want to be being too much. That's my thing this year. Is that <laughs> going for subtlety? Are we, start, are we, are we recording? We just started. We just started. Okay. It's the most exciting. Yeah, but the thing you went is, for subtlety today. I'm going to subtlety in my life right really? now for this year. Yeah, because okay. I think that I got like so tired of being like the, uh, people looked at me as like I was like the black Pee Wee Herman <laughs> Willy Wonka hybrid. <laughs> And sometimes people would just be too much. And then I would always look at things that I saw or I would be on a worse dress list, which I was flattered that I was even on the list at all. But I don't get that. I think people people put people on worse dress lists because it's just something that they're like, that is memorable and it's not normal. So yeah. it's going into the bad category. And I'm yeah. like, why? Because I was looking at photos of you yesterday, not to sound like an insane stalker. Uh, <laughs> okay. And I was just like remarking to myself about like every like blazer or hat or shoe that you have that I'm like, where does he find these? It's insane. Thank you. Well, I have a lot of things custom made, which is what, yeah. another reason why I stopped doing it because it was like just it's expensive. too expensive. And yeah. then when you wear something that's like super like a, a popcorn jacket, mm-hmm. then it's like… Where can you wear that again where people are not like, we already saw that, you know? But also, you used to live in Los Angeles. Yeah. 
are you kind of back and forth now, coast to coast? I'm. I live in in L. A. But I'm just kind of like in this like purgatory career place where I don't really know. Welcome exactly. to the club. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so good. We're I'm, all I'm here so hanging happy. out, feeling stressed and weird about everything. I love that. Well, I, I love it, and I love the name of your show, Not Too Deep, because that's yeah. something I've said to a lot of people a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went. I, I remember I went to your house for the first time. Years ago when you were out here before, I guess it was your old place. And I felt like I was walking into like a Pee Wee Herman playhouse. Yes, I told you. Todrick had, it was like walking into a prop house. Like he just had like giant ice cream cones and like oh, these cool. massive, like cool, interesting props everywhere. And I was like, oh, I'm doing my house wrong. This is no, cool. You're doing it all right. Because some people think it's cool and some people think it's cute. And then I can tell the judgment on some people's faces. <laughs> like Mitch Grossi comes over and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's either people are like, wow, he has a great vivid imagination, or yeah. they're like, he is for sure the star of To Catch a Predator, the musical. <laughs> and, and then and I feel like To Catch a Predator, the musical. Yeah. Like, um, can we write that? What is, yeah, what is the I Wish song from that show? <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's, it's because I feel like people are like, this is kind of creepy. I have literally had a spinning jack in the box that was like 10 feet tall yeah, that part, in, my, in my kitchen. That That's one cool. was. Creepy a little bit. It was, it, was it sounds like Jeff Koons. It sounds cool. <laughs> it was very, very, it was fun. It just, you walked in and you're like, this is a fun place. I yeah. feel fun right now without doing anything. But like, have you ever seen those giant, like, art installations that Jeff Koons does where the, there's like this, like, 15 or like 100 foot tall, like, uh, balloon animal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was on top of the Met yeah. in New York. Like, yeah. Those are really cool. That's what it sounds it's, like what you're describing. Playful. Awesome. Very playful. Yeah. Um, so you're in this job purgatory right now because you just got done how many shows on Kinky Boots? I did 155 shows. That's all in a row. Well, not in a row, but every, yeah. every eight shows a week, which is really, really mm. taxing. That is insane to me. I, uh, I, you know, Chester was the first person that, like, I got to see what Broadway is like behind, like, the curtain kind yeah. of thing and how intense those people work and, like, how you don't even— when you go to shows, you're you just like— You don't compute it at all. At all. You're and, like, oh, that was cute, and they probably have days off. Yeah, but and, do you, and the show—I don't know if you've seen it, Jack, but the show is, like, very emotional. And the first time I went to see it, I had no idea what it was. And I was just, like, totally overwhelmed because I wasn't prepared emotionally for it. I thought, I was like, oh, this will be fun. And it's so—I can't imagine eight shows a week on such a taxing emotional journey, along with, like, having to wear five-and-a-half-inch heels and yeah. dance for two hours. It's, it's crazy. Been, and it's a lot on your skin because the character Lola becomes Simon later in the show. Spoiler yeah. alert. But um, <laughs> I start out in full drag makeup and then I become a man. And then in that same show, I do drag. And so when I started doing it, I was like, that won't be too bad. I'll have to do my makeup twice a day. Yeah. Um, and on mat on evening, uh, on double show days, like we have a matinee in an evening, then yeah. I'll probably have to do the makeup again for the third show. But you have to… Um, the makeup for act one is completely different to act two. So on days that you have two shows, you're kind of doing your makeup four times and getting Ugh. it taken off twice. That, so your pores are just screaming at you the yes, whole time. belting, whistle tones, <laughs> everything, just squelting at me. That's what my pores felt. Did you have—we talked to um, Frankie Grande about this a little bit because he's also been in a bunch of shows about any crazy crowd experiences. He told us a story about these, like, Asian tourists that came to watch uh, Mamma Mia one time. 
and they're just all wearing medical masks and they walked out for the first number and it's just like hundreds of people just wearing medical masks in the front row. Did you have any like particular crowd experiences? Um, mine were very positive. Um, it was such an amazing thing to get to be a part of a show that it like preaches love at a yeah. time when Donald Trump became president. Oh, the God. day that that happened. Wait, were you in the show that? I was in it. I was in it the, the, the day after it happened mm. and I was walking around New York and I never felt an energy like that where the, the, the world, like it was just like a quiet, it yeah. felt like it was the set of Walking Dead. It was a very weird energy. And I saw all these people and they were, they were, I don't really know nor care for this story's purposes, whether they were like Democrats or Republicans sure. or whatever. But it was just this sense of like all of these people who would normally not have been touched so emotionally by this musical were so touched and so um, happy to be in an environment where we were just preaching love and acceptance. Uh. And, and it, that was like such an amazing experience. And all these people were crying. And um, I had a lady from Utah who said that she came to see the show and had no idea who I was. She happened to ironically be there on my opening night. And she loved the show so much that it changed her vote for president. And it, she also Whoa. flew her entire family back the next weekend from Utah, changed their plans, flew their family back to come and see the show. I'm getting and, chills right now. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. that's the reason why we do theater. Yeah. Sometimes you forget and it's not about the like, you know, kick lines and the, right, the right. lights and everything. It's about telling a story. So I was so grateful to be a part of the show during that time. That is amazing. And like, also it can be stressful to know that you have such power in your performance <laughs> to be like, now I'm responsible for carrying all these feelings for everyone right now, which is just insane. Eight days a week. Yeah. The hard part was definitely trying to make every single show fresh and new and to, oh, yeah. to, to make the funny parts still be funny every day and make the emotional parts be emotional. But I identified with the character so much because I grew up as like a young gay kid in Texas, an mm -hmm. African-American gay kid. And all my, there were there were 12 nephews in our family and they all played sports and all played football. And I was the only one that wasn't interested in those things. And I kept moving schools because my dad was a basketball coach. Oh, wow. So there's a part in the show where Simon walks into the factory for the first time and all these people who don't understand yeah. him are staring at him. And every day it would remind me of walking into a new school, into the lunchroom. <gasps> because that was such a scary thing for me because yeah. I wanted to go sit with the girls so bad and be like, hey girls, what's up? But <gasps> but it was I felt like I needed to go sit with the guys and be like, yo, can I sit here with you guys? And I would just not say anything and like That's pretend a I wasn't going to ballet class after <laughs> school. And, like, and so it, every day, no matter or what, even if it was a show that I wasn't really like super into because yeah. I was exhausted, I would always think about that moment. And I think that really helped me properly convey the character during That's, those scenes. Well, this it's so it's just so fitting because this episode is actually coming out on Women's Equality Day. And so yes. the first half of this, we were talking a lot about like the struggle with men and teaching young men to get, and it's called not too deep, guys. I get it, but hold on, <laughs> give me this one second. Uh about like teaching young men that it's okay to be in touch with feminine energy in your life. And like that doesn't mean you're not a man. And I was telling Jack, I was like, when I went to see your show, because we've talked about it so many times straight out of Oz, if you guys haven't seen it. Um, if I don't know if you're touring, but if you do, go see it, guys. Uh, that you have that song uh, that's to your dad about like how like little boys shouldn't do this, little boys shouldn't do this. Yeah. And it's so in line with what we were talking about before about… Yeah. Just that they should, little boys should be in touch with all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's like a, there's a, a reluctance for a lot of guys to uh, have any kind of feminine qualities. Yeah. When I think that it's, uh, it's just, it's misguided. Yeah. 
And some of the qualities that they class as feminine qualities when you're a boy are not feminine qualities. It's just like crying or smiling right. or being too These excited. These are just human yeah, emotions. Yeah, human emotions that you're taught not to yeah. do. And, and I hate that so much. Yeah. And but, I it's just from the day you're born, I hate the fact that they fill your room with blue or pink if you're a boy yeah. or a girl. I just if whenever I have a kid, their whole room's gonna be purple no matter what 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 they are. Perfect. Yeah. But that cause it seemed like to go into straight out of Oz, did you go into making that? Because it's basically a musical yeah. that encompasses a lot of stuff about your life that's also mapped over The Wizard of Oz because you're obsessed with The Wizard of mm-hmm. Oz. Which, when did that happen? Since I was a, a child, I've always been really? obsessed with The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, like psychotically obsessed. <laughs> like my parents had to buy the, the, the VHS three times. The first time <laughs> because I melted <laughs> it. And then the second time, we bought a, a recorder, uh-huh. which some people don't even know that existed. It was like a machine that was just there to record, to re, I mean, a rewinder. Yes, yes. Just oh, rewind. had one of those? Yeah. yeah and to so, rewind the tapes? Yeah, so we had, <laughs> Uh, two versions of the Wizard of Oz, and we I would put oh. one in and rewind it, and put the other one out. And I then got to the place where I was such a G that I even <laughs> knew how when to stop rewinding it, so I didn't have to wait for the previews because there was this annoying Downey commercial, and and oh I was like, I don't have time for this, like, and so I would rewind it just enough. That's amazing. So that I, when I would get ready to pop it in again, it would just start from the beginning of The Wizard of Oz because I loved it that much. Uh, so when did you start making Straight Out of Oz? When did that start? I started last year because I was going, this is going to be such a deep thing. People are going to be so depressed this whole, listening well, this, to my story. It's, it's, we have yeah, license. we've been going deep all day. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have license. This might be our deepest episode yet. So just deal with it, guys. Deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> um, I was... Um, dealing with a lot of stuff sure. in the industry that I felt was unfair. And I was like, I I think my mom shielded me so much that I wasn't really introduced to racism or in some in the in the in the fashion that a lot of people are. And mm-hmm. I wasn't introduced to homophobia in the same fashion that a lot of people are because my mom was so supportive and yeah. like let me be who I wanted to be. And um and I think that when I got to LA, I had this like vision that I would be able to do all of these things. And sure. I didn't see that there were any limitations, like they didn't exist to me, which is an awesome, naive way to go into life because sometimes that's that's the best way it's to be successful. Yeah, 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 it's like blissful ignorance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was the, the poster child for that. And <laughs> then I started realizing that some of the, that I was working 10 times harder and achieving a lot less than some people who mm-hmm. weren't. And I couldn't understand why. And then I had to start taking that into consideration that yeah. maybe there was an element of that that racism and sexism and homophobia and all of these things mm-hmm. are are some are things that affect me in my daily life and I started realizing that there that I thought it was true but I didn't want to be that guy that was bitter and cornering cornering people and saying to them this is why life is unfair and these are the cards sure. that have been dealt to me because it could be a lot worse yeah. for all of us and um and I have gotten to do so many things and I have had a, a level of success that is undeniable and that I'm so grateful for and I feel so blessed to have so I wanted to to say say all of the things that were frustrating me so much but I wanted to say it in a way that people could digest it and applaud it and be excited and be singing about it before sometimes they realize what they were singing about yeah and um and so I just started writing all these songs and I got so into it that I wrote all the songs. There's mm-hmm. like 18 songs and uh, I wrote them in two weeks and produced. Did you? All you of wrote them. 18 Whoa. songs in two weeks? Yeah, and I pro- had them all produced and then we shot 16 videos in two weeks 
and made the visual album and put it out because I was going on tour already with the Wizard of Oz themed show. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, I have to do it now because I'm not going to go back on tour with another Wizard of Oz themed show for the next year. And so I rushed and and did it. And there were some things that didn't come out as great as I would have liked for them to have. But I poured my soul into that. And I'm so like so proud of it. It's the thing I'm the most proud of out of everything I've done. It's awesome. I I remember I listened to… I. Well, you asked me being one of the things, and it was super fun. And I listened to that song. And then only like a few months ago did I listen to the full album for the, the first time. I just had it on in like the background of my house while I was like cooking. And I was like, oh, this is fun. These are catchy things. And then your song Dumb came on, mm-hmm. which is all about like the industry and yeah. like wh- what you're talking about. Like and how you think that's dumb. And I was like, oh, wait. There are… Because I was like passively listening. And then that one came on. I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. This album's amazing. And then I went back and I listened to all the beginning songs again. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is about this and this is about this. But it maps perfectly over The Wizard of Oz. It was so awesome. And I think just so thoughtful. Thank you. That, and to hear that you did that in two weeks, I'm like, Jack, what are we doing? We got to get something going. I know. I feel like such a slacker now. But in our, <laughs> in our defense, we didn't watch The Wizard of Oz uh, twice a day, every day. Exactly. So yeah. it's like a part of your DNA now. It is. And it's, I mean, I literally have a tattoo. De- uh, Do you really? Yeah, my whole sleeve. This is the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Lion. Oh my God. Wow. And it says, you see the back? Yeah. Made in Oz. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. That's really impressive. So how Thank many you. Straight Out Oz shows, live shows have you done? Well, the first year I did uh, 45-ish. And then this year we did 55. So I'm, I've never been a mathematician, but you can put that together. <laughs> That's over done. 100 shows. That or no, a hundred shows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not a math podcast, yeah. guys. Get out of here, nerds. We're here to talk about feelings, <laughs> yeah. not numbers. Um, and the show is amazing. Like I brought Thank my you. friend Jarrett and his brother Kyle and their roommate, and they didn't know anything really about you, but they just like seeing shows. And I've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, they Jack, lost their minds. Yeah, and because Jack was like, So I watched your Instagram stories. Someone <laughs> had a night. Yeah. And it was yeah. and they loved it, but it was like a a lot of those same themes, even though they're super specific to you, just resonated with people. And both of them, during the song about your dad, just were weeping. <laughs> like, just tears streaming down their face because they, like, have obviously kind of similar issues going on. And just, like, recognize that, like, this is an important message. And it was, like, so fun to take someone that doesn't know you at all and to be like, no, this is just, ge- like, genuinely good. Thank you. And I I know we're going to stop talking about this in a moment, but I think it's so important because I wrote this album and and I was like, someone who's not African-American or not gay or not in this industry might have nothing in common with this. And I couldn't have been more wrong going on tour. People were just like, I just have that type of relationship with my mom and I work at Walgreens, but this really hit me because my mom and I have issues and, and being in love, like I didn't need to be a heterosexual man to be, to feel the way Rachel McAdams felt when, you know, Ryan Gosling said, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. I felt I wanted to be a bird too. (laughs) I was like, yes, bitch. And, um, chirp, chirp, bitch. Okay. And so I, I realized that a lot of people came to the show and they applied that to their, their lives. And sometimes I feel like I'm so rude when a straight guy comes up and comes up and is like, bro, I love your show. I'm like, someone drug you here for sure. I'm so sorry. But they're like, no, I just really like your show. I think the stuff you do is dope. And I'm yeah. like, I would have never considered myself to be dope, but I will take it. Um, but but I think that everybody has gone through a phase in life where someone at a very young age has told them something that shaped 
the person who they are today and told them that they couldn't do things. And sometimes we believe those things so much that we're our own self-saboteur and we don't go after the things that we really want in our, we can be so selfish in some senses, Mm -hmm. but then we won't, we'll settle for something that we don't really want, even if it's just a relationship or a person that we're dating because we're like, I think this might be the best that I can get. Yeah. Instead of going after the the one person that's going to be, tell you you're a bird. Yeah, because that's a gamble. (laughs) That's not a sure thing. And so you're like, I have this thing that doesn't totally fulfill me, but it's constant and like steady. Yeah. Or I could like, it's basically like being on, let's make a deal. Exactly. It's like you have this, but do you want what's <laughs> behind that curtain? It could be anything. It could be yeah, a car. And I think we should deserve, to, I mean, I think if you're grateful for what you have and you think that is, and, and you're content with that, I mm-hmm. think that that's also fine. I don't think that we should keep traveling in life trying to get something better than the one thing we have. But I also think that it's a beautiful thing to just be to, to know what you're worth and to go after it and be like, I deserve this and I want this and I will work hard to get it because it feels so great when you finally do. This is the most inspiring episode of Not Too Deep ever. And we're not even like halfway through our interview. I the world now. I know. <laughs> Tadjik just told me I could do anything that might put my mind to. <laughs> I'm out of here. I um, mean, imagine had you not taken the risk and done that braid today. What, oh, what would life be? Different. Not this. <laughs> I wouldn't be slaying this hard. Um, okay, we have, this is really fun because because you're uh, a, a Wizard of Oz connoisseur, uh-huh. we found some conspiracy theories about okay. the Wizard of Oz. They're, that like, we, they're like fan theories that some okay. people have. Yeah, about this. that we want to see. One, if you've heard of these, mm-hmm. and two, if you think they're if there's any truth to these. Okay, um, Jack, you have yours. Yeah, I can go. Okay, first. go for it. All right. So this theory is Glinda the Good Witch is actually the bad guy. <laughs> okay, so she gloats over the death of the Wicked Witch of the East calling for an actual celebration. She doesn't tell Dorothy the slippers would take her right home, which is an oversight. Yeah. yeah. But like- instead uses her to enact her own plan of revenge. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I think that that is an interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> which I think might be your answer to all of these. <laughs> Although I think that we should be applauding her because had she had she told Dorothy that we wouldn't have the Wizard of Oz. True. I agree. It would have been a selfish move because she knew that the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion needed help and they were complacent and they were not going to get up off of their basic asses Why and didn't she help walk them? there. <laughs> You know, she knew that Dorothy needed the cardio because she had been sitting at home, (laughs) singing Summer of the Rainbow, not going to Crunch Fitness, not doing what she needed to do in the streets. And so I think in some ways that she should be the president of Oz. She flies on a bubble, which is very, like, eco-friendly. That is. That's like a Prius back then. (laughs) Exactly. And I don't don't know. I kind of feel like that is, is very shady for them to even, you know, come for her like that. Here's a question. And I'm sure you've answered this 10,000 times. Yes. Which part would you want to play in The Wizard of Oz? I think that I identify with the Scarecrow the most. Really? Yeah, because he's just like the the like the like most friendly. And I also just like am so competitive at the end of the movie. She says, I think I'll miss you most of all, which I think is the shadiest <laughs> thing that you could ever say if you have four friends that have been like running around helping save oh your God. life. And you just openly say in front of everybody, I think I'll miss you most of all. It's like, even as a kid, I was like... It's kind of cold. <laughs> and then she leaves. She like gets on a hot air balloon and then tries to leave. And then they bring her back down. And then she throws more shade. <laughs> hey, what did she say then? Well, well, I'm saying she says goodbye to all of them. 
And then and then she comes back down. And then when she finds out that the slippers are going to take her home, that that's when she tells them, um, I think I'll miss you most of all. God. And then she pe- clicks her heels and pieces out and never sees them again. I never thought about that. It's so rude. I know. what. Ha- I wish that there was like a follow-up of like the Tin Man and the Lion at that moment afterwards being like, the fuck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so rude. That's so funny. Okay, here's another conspiracy theory. Oz is not a dream, but an alternate dimension that Dorothy accesses through the ruby slippers. Come on, Stranger Things. Here it comes. <laughs> so the Scarecrow, Tin Man, etc. don't look like her farmer pals because she's imagining them. They're alternate reality versions of those real guys. The Wicked Witch of the East is actually the alternate Dorothy, which is why the ruby slippers fit her perfectly, and she appears in Oz in the exact same spot where the Wicked Witch was standing. Whoa. I don't even know what I just read. I'm like, <laughs> my brain cannot process what this is. So there's a, yeah, so Oz isn't a dream that Dorothy's having. It's an alternate dimension that she accessed through the ruby slippers. Wow. I don't know about that because she <laughs> entered the dimension before she got the ruby slippers on. She doesn't get yeah. them until after the munchkins yeah, that's are a singing good point. and Glinda gives True. them to her. The shoes were questionable if they fit or not because they didn't look, they never looked good on the Wicked Witch of the East. <laughs> Just because she had them didn't mean that she rocked them, right? It would be like a who wore it better, and Dorothy would obviously always win. <laughs> Um, and her feet were like so crusty that they like curled up and went underneath the house like right after that happened. So I don't think that's the case. And I also think that when people say like that the farm characters didn't look like the people in Oz, that's, I mean, that's what Facetune is about. Like people hardly ever look like what they look like. They were just like modern day catfishes. In fact, the wizard is like the ultimate like modern day catfish. He like pretended to be this like big head. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, he was such a size queen. He made his head <laughs> so big. And then you look behind the curtain and he's just like, oh, what to a catch m- a predator. It's yeah. like that guy. Oh, so that's to catch a predator, the exactly. musical. Yeah. He was trying to get Dorothy in there by herself. And she came with three guys and he said, no, no, no. Never mind. Yeah, out of here. Three friends. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. So maybe one conspiracy theory is that the Wizard of Oz is actually the pilot episode of Catfish exactly. on MTV. MTV owes some mad residuals. Like, for sure. Well, that is a horse of a different color. Yes. Wow. It wow. Might, this might be my favorite fan theory. Okay, this is our last one. Which okay. is, the Wizard of Oz is actually Willy Wonka's father. Whoa. I would buy that. Okay. I would buy wow, that. We got some traction here. Yeah, I, I, I would buy that. Explain right. this. So, note that the Yellow Brick Road is initially in, is initially intertwined with a red brick road that looks a lot Lollipop. like the red carpet leading into Wonka's factory. Wonka began his candy empire in 1920, around the same time as the events of The Wizard of Oz. The Lollipop Guild are actually Oompa Loompas. <gasps> Ooh, with less of a tan. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Leaving Oz permanently caused their skin to turn orange, but they retained their candy-making ability. <laughs> I wow. love the internet so much, man. Wow. <laughs> now, this one I'm not going to argue with. Yeah, this one cool. seems pretty sound. Yeah. yeah. Very it's, it's, thought out. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Rock solid foundation. Well, guys, chew on those conspiracy theories for a second. <laughs> Let those ruminate and see what you guys think. Let us know. Um, okay, we're going to move on to Twitter questions in a second, but I'm going to ask you the two questions asked every single podcast okay. guest. Um, the first one is, who, is, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at? Okay. Um, I would say Lucille Ball because I love her and I feel like she would have the most epic reaction. Oh yeah, it would be God. hilarious. 
That would. That's a great. No one said that yet. That's a great answer. I don't know what, how long it's going to take you to realize that no one is going to have this. Have you know, like I should be Why a series regular. Why don't you have your own podcast? <laughs> um, okay. The other question is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or close call, but you can only use three words or three small phrases. I'm a lady. I've never shit my pants, but if I had to You're choose one of a those. close call, I would say Nutcracker Ballet 2007. Oh my Ooh. God. Ooh. No follow up questions, but yeah. that paints a very specific picture. Yeah, a very brown picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, on that note, uh, we got some questions from Twitter for you that we're very excited about. Oh, this is from our good friend Hank Green. Hank Green wants to know if you could make out with any fictional character, who would it be? And then Sound the Awake adds in, also, I count as a fictional character. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Nicola, coming I in hot. I love him. Coming <laughs> in hot, Nicola. I flirted with him a couple times online, and he didn't really respond. So this is very interesting. This is him responding right now. I know. I'm very excited. <laughs> Better late than never. Um, I'm definitely soundly awake. I... <laughs> I um I would say you can make out with this any is a fictional very, character. Uh oh. This is a very um odd, odd thing, but I I love Aladdin because I think Aladdin oh. is a G. He's and, very attractive. Anybody who would like get shut down like Princess Jasmine shut him down when he was catfishing her as Prince Ali. <laughs> And then he would use a magic carpet and go up to her room and then take her around and fly her all over the city in a yeah. magic carpet and not try to hook up with her. <laughs> what a that, gentleman. That is such a gentleman. And he's always like half naked. <laughs> and he just wears a vest. And I know, he's like a, vest, a modern no ch- Chippendale type street. <laughs> I'm into that. Because I like somebody who just like wants to be just like naked all the time. There you go. There's um so any guys out there that are interested, Todrick standards are just nudity. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you can just and be naked carpet. in front of me. Yeah, and some frequent flyer miles. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, we have another question here from Jordan Millam. If he could be in a musical currently on Broadway, not including Kinky Boots, which one would he like to be in? I would say either uh, Wicked, obviously, because I oh, love The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And um, they've had one African American, two African American Fieros before. So I think it could happen again. Tay Diggs and a guy named Derek Williams Whoa. Um, was actually Fiero on Broadway. So I would love to play Fiero because I love those those songs. Um, but I also would like to be uh, Willy Wonka. I think that'd be fun. Re- oh or my- Simba. I think it's three things. But Those are great answers. Those are all the awesome. The Lion King is one of my favorite things in the entire world. Oh, that was the first musical I ever saw was really? Lion King yeah when I was younger and I was like it was stimulus overload I like yeah. didn't talk for hours afterwards because <laughs> I was like I can't handle this this is so beautiful wow uh, okay I think we have one more question this is from A. Shumaki as a child what did you tell people who asked what you wanted to be when you grew up I always wanted to, I said I wanted to be a zoologist, but that was before I realized I could perform for a living. Okay. But I loved animals. I was like a subscriber to zoo books and I really? would read them all the time. I was obsessed with animals. I was always catching like salamanders and um, like little animals because I grew up in the country. So I love oh, animals. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would probably be what I would want to do if I like. If you weren't doing entertainment? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I could picture you working at the zoo. I would love it. I would be so turned singing to all the animals. <laughs> My little friends. I would be the girl You'd from Enchanted. You'd just be Snow White. Just yeah. <laughs> they would be like, shut up. And I'd be like, <laughs> like screaming at everyone. Um, by the way, while we're here, I just want to do a big shout out to Todrick Helbig. You're so sweet. It, uh, this girl, um, I don't know for sure what her real name is, but her handle is Todrick Helbig. Uh-huh. And oh, yeah. she is... 
Grace's biggest fan and then found me through Grace, I believe. And she makes shirts of us together and yeah. wears them to the show. And one day she came to the show and with her father and she was so sweet. And I called Grace on speakerphone so she could say hi to her. And oh, that's awesome. You were so sweet and it she was, cried she immediately. She was so sweet. Yeah. No, but you're great that way. Like, it was perfect timing too. So I was like, oh, you know, sometimes you don't catch people. And it's like, when you're calling me, I'm like, something's up. And someone calls me, I'm always assuming something's bad. Something right. bad is happening. And so it was just so nice. I was like, this is so thoughtful and so sweet no, that you're I very… I really appreciate you doing that because I usually don't do it, but I knew that it would mean the world to her yeah, if you did that. So, so thank you. I appreciate She's it. She's listening for sure. You're she a lovely… Is. And also, what a cool dad. We love you. I know. Your dad's so awesome as well. Um, okay. Now we're moving on to a segment called This is Curious okay. where I found a social oh, media post. Okay. <laughs> so I, I like to find social media posts that my guests have um, put of and I just it, to me I go fabulous. I go this is curious well, I told um, you I like animals I would like to know what the fuck is happening here <laughs> um, for those of you that can't that are just listening so Todrick uh, Instagram this on February 17th it's a photo of what I believe is young Todrick mm-hmm. with who knows how many stuffed and real rabbits around him <laughs> this looks like it's in like a Sears portrait studio what yeah. is this photo? This was the thing to do in Plainview, Texas. <laughs> Everybody had one of these. All of my friends were like going to this um, this this photographer, and they would all take these photos. Oh and it's like God. a rabbit convention. It's like what are these? So I'm these assuming are... it's an Easter photo. It's an Easter photo. Yeah, okay, okay, thank God. <laughs> and I had are... no teeth and didn't give a look fuck. at this sweet child though. Look at this sweet little boy. And wait, so are those your rabbits or just the no, studio had these? The studio had these rabbits, but I fun fact: I had more rabbits than are in that photo at my own house. I could have just done this at home for free. Wow. Yeah. So this is in 1985? No, no. That's the year I was born. Oh, You gotcha. tried it? I tried. Uh, I was like, how old are you? Yeah. Uh, no, this is amazing. And you look adorable. Thank you. I've only recently come out of the closet about my age. I've been lying to people for years. So it feels very refreshing. And oh, very, yeah. we were born the same year. We were? Yeah, I'm 85. Good. I'm 31 as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still 28, but I was born the same year. I just have that Benjamin Button disease where I like age at a different rate than everyone else. No, this is, I think you should turn this into merch. Yeah, this is fabulous. This is a really, really Thank great you. photo. I will. We'll have a link in the show notes so everyone can take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, okay. please do. Uh, this is so fun. Okay, we have one more game for you really quickly because uh, this has been super fun. I could talk to you for hours about your life and everything. But you uh, were a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race last season. Yes. How was that? Amazing. I think RuPaul's an icon. What he's done for the gay community, for the Afri- for the, the, the colored gay community is, is just… Amazing, and I I want to be following him in his footsteps. I think you are. I mean, I'm obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race, and I got to see you at the finale taping of it, where my mind is there somewhere. I lost it. I left it in <laughs> yeah. that theater somewhere, uh, and it was so amazing. It was such a, a warm room full of like people that just loved each other and yeah. supported each other, and just really talented people. Um, but because you were a judge, we uh, just have a list of some drag queens that we wanted your input on. On their names, because they've got such interesting drag queen names. Okay. Are these drag queens I know? They yeah, might these be. Are, yeah, these are real drag queens, I think. Some mm-hmm. of these are, I don't know. I only recognize a couple of these. But we always, I feel like I've said probably, and if you, any like diehard listeners out there know how many times I've come up with my own drag queen name. On, what is it? I don't have it. I'm not so sold. I go through new okay. ones all <laughs> the time. Constantly changing. Yeah, it's okay. constantly changing. And so I think 
that that's the most one of the most important things about being a drag queen is your name, your branding. Yeah. So we wanted your thoughts on these drag queen names. Gotcha. I'm ready. Go for it, Jack. All right. The first one is Pheromone. Pheromone. I love Pheromone. She actually did during Snatch Game. She played, which is their game, Jack, that they like play different uh, celebrities uh-huh. and they uh, do imitations. And she was Gigi Gorgeous. Oh, perfect. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. Yeah. And she looked very similar. She looked so similar. I can see that. Yeah. This photo. I love that. And I think the name is very, very clever. And also sometimes people have clever names that don't really match their brand. And I yeah. think that is a perfect name for her and her brand. Oh, a thousand percent. She's very like Marilyn Monroe, like kind of wispy, soft-spoken. Sure. But like, she could get you in trouble if you were a straight man and it was a little dim <laughs> outside. Yeah. I mean, take a look at that. What do you think over there? <laughs> <laughs> Can you see that? If you saw her coming up, would you, would you know? Uh, okay, next is Kimchi, who uh, we were talking about her. Wow, look at that photo. Yeah, wow. we have actual Kimchi next to drag queen Kimchi. Yeah, and we were talking about her yesterday because her style of makeup is so impressive and so like artistic. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's she looks like a swan. Um, now, this is one of those names where I, I, I understand, like, obviously that she is Asian and that her sure. name is Kimchi. But I think that she is such a high fashion drag queen mm-hmm. that if if I had to choose, I would give her a different name that really, like, matched her epicness. Gotcha. But I kind of like that she does have a sense of humor that yeah. you don't realize at first. And then when you, like… Because when she came out, she was one of the finalists the season before. Mm-hmm. And when she came out and song, sang that song, what is it… Um, no fats, no fems, no Asians. Yeah, fat feminization. Yeah. Yeah, that I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah. This is so, like, surprisingly funny. It's also crazy because I feel like Kim Chi totally matches his his male persona yeah. more than his— because his female persona is just so fierce. But yeah. you're right. I, I don't know. I, I'm it's, not big on the Asian food. I've never actually seen kimchi in real life that's before what it looks like. until today. And it <laughs> looks like a very sweaty vagina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right, this is my maybe my favorite name. And I don't know this drag I don't either. But, but I want to. This, this name is fantastic. Karen from Finance. <laughs> this is… <laughs> Is I do you know this person? I don't know her. I feel like I might have seen her. That looks like a New York queen that I've seen perform, but her makeup is actually great. <laughs> Amazing. It's like a hybrid between Kimchi and um like Trixie Mattel. Trixie Mattel, yeah. yeah. And um, but I I love it. I love it. I think that is hilarious. And I think <laughs> if she is, I hope that she can live up to as funny how funny her name is. Yeah, I mean, this is such a great character name yeah, that you can already amazing. picture it before she says anything. It's like, uh, I love Bob the Drag Queen. Like, yeah. his name is just Bob the Drag oh, Queen. Yeah. And I was like, this is perfect. Yes. This is so perfect. And he's a comedy drag queen. It's so good. Um, okay, the next one is Penny Tradition. No, Penetration. 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 <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry. Really Public fun. school. Uh, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> um, I love that. Penetration. Oh, it's so good. Also perfect. Perfect. Absolutely. In God we trust. I love it. Okay, what's the next one, Jack? Head of lettuce. <laughs> um, I, also perfect. I love it. And her wig in this photo oh is my just God. so perfect. So I perfect. love it. Okay, next one is Hell of a Bottom Carter. Hell of a bottom oh, Carter. I love Hell of a Bottom Carter. <laughs> I don't know her. Oh my God. Oh yeah, she's very uh, political and oh I just my- love everything. Look at those red, white, and blue colors <laughs> above her eyes. It's so smart and so dumb at the same time. I love it so much. I love it as well. Uh, next is Peaches Christ. This is the only one Jack knew beforehand. Yeah, I, knew. I don't know. I don't know her. 
I don't think I know her either. Oh, I've really? I've definitely seen her before, but I didn't know that her name was Peaches Christ. Which is so uh, funny. Which is really funny. Peaches Christ. <laughs> I, I know. That's what I love about the drag community because they're so smart and so witty. And it all it yeah. does, like, I'm looking at your crew of guys who I'm assuming are probably straight, but not trying to profile <laughs> you guys. And they're all laughing. Everybody loves it. That's the whole point of drag. This is an so escape from silly. reality. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so good. Um, okay. The next one is Trixie Mattel. We were just talking about has very Whoa. iconic makeup style. I love everything about Trixie because not only does she have iconic makeup, but her clothes, she really goes through with her brand. And mm-hmm. It could be easy for it to start to look mundane and boring. And she always reinvents herself and does something that you would have never imagined her to do. Oh, yeah. Like her meet and greets are her inside of a like a, a, a like Barbie a doll. doll box. Really? But then she had another Whoa. one where she was like a Malibu Barbie and had like all these trees and stuff. And it, it's so just smart. really cool. Like look at that, yeah. that bow on her head. Oh, like, it's awesome. It's such a Genius. fun brand. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Okay, what's the next one? Next is Pandora Box. I love Pandora Box. Oh, I don't know her either. You don't know Pandora Box? You got to no. go back and watch the older seasons know, of RuPaul's I, Drag Race. I only she's st- hilarious. I only started watching like season five. Oh, gotcha. And so I haven't gone back. Like, I didn't even see it. Like Willem's been on the podcast and he's amazing. And hilarious. like I'm still catching my breath from that episode. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was, was that the craziest thing you've ever it experienced. It was it was yeah. I it think was I the said one it was three the, words it the was, entire episode. It was the one episode where I was definitely like, we're gonna need to run this one through legal before we post it. He, took, <laughs> he tried to take a picture of his scrotum and tweet it on my Twitter. And yes. so it was great. He um but so I've never but I've never seen his season. Oh, you gotta see his season. I have season. to go back. It's amazing. Um okay, our last one is Mimi. I'm first. Yeah, yep. maybe I'm first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it going, what? Oh, my God. Now, she has the most iconic elimination of RuPaul's Drag Race ever. I don't so know you, you it. You got to go back and watch it. No spoilers. It's hilarious. I don't want to tell you what happens, but it, oh. uh, it definitely plays up to her name. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I can't wait. Um, Tajik, we're coming to the end of the episode. I this know, has been I'm so, so sad. We've got to give you a drag name. What I know. No, I have no idea. I've never been asked that before. Jack you don't want to be a hell of a bottom? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, hell big? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we wanted to give you a gift for taking the time out to come and be on the podcast. And we oh, have it coming you. in right here on a silver platter for you. Stop. It's a thank hammock you, so that you. you can finally rest. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because my mom you- is going to love you for this. <laughs> Oh, wow. You, it really is a hammock. Yeah. You tie it between a couple trees. You work so hard, so much that I was like, let's give him something for uh, the come down. Thank something to so actually much. take a break with. Well, this is awkward because I don't have any trees, but… Um, well, I'm you joking. know, we'll find them. We'll find them. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Thank you of so much. Of course. Thank so you cute. so much for being here. For people that don't know, where can they find you on the internet? Um, I am Todrick on, on social media and I'm… Thank you to the black moms that come up with these crazy names. If you just type T-O-D in your search engine, I will come up and… Oh, yeah. You're at Todrick yeah, on at everything. Todrick, yeah. with this, like, God bless. Yeah. And what great branding. And where can people get straight out of Oz if they want to listen or watch? It is on iTunes. It's on Spotify. But um, it's also… You should watch the visual album because it it's really beautiful. brings it to life. And it's free. And it's on my YouTube channel. So check it out. And I also did collabs with, yeah. with Grace. Two of them. And yeah. two of them on her channel. So. Yeah. And we only scratched the surface of things you know about us. Because <laughs> we shot a video yesterday telling our deepest, darkest secrets. And I was telling Jack before. I'm like, todrick has got some deep secrets. So <laughs> please go check that out. Um, thanks for listening and watching guys we'll see you next time on another episode of Not Too Deep goodbye bye ooh thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) too deep too deep too deep deep. not too deep deep. it was Grace Helbig
Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, produced and directed by Jack Ferry with production support from Fullscreen Studios and Michael Rucker. Associate producer Melissa D. Mons with production assistance by Diane Kang. Editing by Melissa D. Mons. And an extra special thank you to Flula for the theme music.